0: You know, it probably sounds like, as we talk about all this heart stuff, that that you just can't use your intellectual mind. And for some people, that's scary to think, wait a minute, how can you do this if my mind's not involved? Well, you know, the real truth is you can use your intellectual mind. You just can't let your intellectual mind rule. The Bible tells us that we need to renew our mind. So today we're going to talk about renewing your mind and how that comes to play so that you can experience God in your heart. Because remember, part of, your, part of your heart is soul, part of your heart is spirit. God has already finished his part, and your part is really to renew your mind. And when you renew your mind and write that on your heart, I'm going to tell you something, life will explode. So get your pencil, get your Bible, get your notepad, let all your friends know, contact them on Facebook. It's time for the program to start. Got a great message for you today if you're going to make this heart journey. You know, every aspect of how we're created, spirit, soul, and body, God created us. And every aspect of how we're created, God wants us to use to know and experience Him. And I tell you what, that's so phenomenal. There's nothing about you or how you were created that's evil, that's bad, that God can't use, or that God won't use. As a matter of fact, you know, the Apostle Paul talked about this, and I I love this passage of scripture. Paul talks about the fact that he says, uh, he says, I want to know him. And and you think, and he wrote this in the book of, of Philippians, you know, when he was reaching the end of his life, and I remember reading that as a new believer, it's like, you want to know him? What do you mean? You, you've been saved for all these years. What do you mean you want to know him? But you see, that's that Greek word, know, that comes from the word gnosis, that has to do with experiencing something with every sensory capacity that you have. Now, we've talked about this a lot. Every organ in your body influences a different aspect of your emotions. Every organ in your body influences a different aspect of your thought. Every organ in your body influences a different aspect of your life experience. Some people believe that the soul itself is, is very well the combination of all of these of all of these uh, cellular memories that exist in the realm of your of your organs in the cells of your organs. I don't know if that's true or not. I know that the I know that in the soul we experience things. I know that we can experience things all over our body. I know scientifically that every every organ in your body has emotion cells, if you will. They have they have the all of the everything that you need in every cell of your body has uh, the capacity to experience and to cause you to experience emotions. Man, I'm telling you what's the truth. That is, that's pretty phenomenal. So Paul, is, Paul wasn't saying, "I just want to get to know him because I, I really don't know him. But actually, he goes on to say something that is really, really pretty phenomenal. He says in in, in verse ten of uh, uh, of Philippians, uh, he he starts he's he's talking about how that everything he's known up to that point. Matter of fact, just back up to verse eight because he says, "Listen, everything I've known, everything I've done, everything I had outside of Jesus," he said, "I count all of this loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered loss of all things." But I count them as rubbish. Why? That I may gain Christ. And and he says, and I want to be found in him. Or not I want to be, I am found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. And so, so he says, man, nothing I've ever given up means anything. Nothing about my past life means anything. Nothing about who I used to be means anything. Nothing about my accomplishments means anything compared to what I have discovered in Jesus and compared to the fact that I am now righteous in in Him and I have His righteousness. And in verse 10, he says this, and this is where it gets interesting, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. So he's saying, I want to experience Him and His resurrection. That's what he's saying. I want to experience resurrection power, and I want to experience resurrection power with every part of my being. If you'll remember in the book of Ephesians, Paul said, I'm praying for you. And he, and he lists, it's, it's a pretty long list of things that he's praying there in Ephesians 1, 17 and following. But basically, it gets down to three basic things. But one of the key things that he's praying is that we will come to understand fully that the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit of resurrection that raised him from the dead, is what is at work in us now. And so he's saying, I want to experience resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Now, being conformed to his death, if by any means, I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Now, see, when we talk about that passage of Scripture, if we don't understand a few of these key words and concepts in here, man, who knows what kind of crazy places we're going to go here. You see, the word fellowship, and we've talked about this, this is the Greek word koinonia from which we get the word communion. You know, when we have a communion service, we have wafers and we have the wine that we take. And uh, we're supposed to do this in memory of the blood and the body of Jesus. The blood was poured out for us, the body was Jesus. I mean, it was broken for us. And it says that if you take communion unworthily, that this is why many people are sick and many people die or sleep. I can remember when I first got saved, I went to church and, and you know they wouldn't even let you take communion unless you were part of their denomination. But one of the things they would tell you, don't take communion if you got any sin in your life, because it'll kill you, because if you're not worthy, you can't partake this. Well, man, I'll tell you, you know, I, I hate religion more every day because of all the destruction it works in people. Taking communion unworthily is when we take it without without connecting with what happened through his blood and through his body. Now see, his blood was poured out. Am I connecting with that when I drink that wine? Am I wrapping my life around that? Am I acknowledging that that's why I'm righteous? That's why I'm clean? That's why my sin is gone? Am I acknowledging when I eat that wafer or that bread or that cracker or whatever you're... Am I acknowledging and connecting with the reality... That his body was broken, mine doesn't have to be. That he bore his sins, my sins, sickness, and disease in his body, so that I don't have to bear it in mine. And you see, the failure to do that is why people get sick. In other words, people are not knowing, experiencing the blood of Jesus. They're not knowing and experiencing what happened in his body on the cross. They're not knowing and experiencing the resurrection. You see, there's this idea that just because it's ours positionally, that's good enough. I got, listen, every person in the world has had their has had their sins paid for, and as far as God is concerned, God doesn't hold that sin against them. If he did, we'd all be dead. But that doesn't mean every person's saved. Being forgiven and being saved is two different things. People get saved when they believe in their own heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and when they confess him as Lord, and up until that time, they have something that God has done for them that they are not participating in. Well, that's the same way it is with what Je- everything else that Jesus did on the cross. Healing, uh, peace, joy, everything that we need for life, godliness, everything that we need for this life and for eternal life has already been provided. Everything, every debt that should be paid has already been paid. And every victory that needs to be won has already been won. But how many people are experiencing that? You see, the word koinonia or the word fellowship or the word communion means to share something in common. What is it we share in common with God? Well, here's what we share in common with God is that our meeting place is in the Lord Jesus Christ. What I share, see, my fellowship with Jesus, the thing I have in common with him is that I died with him. The thing I have in common with him is that that, uh, I was in him when he was raised from the dead. The thing I have in common with him is I'm seated with him in heavenly places at the right hand of God. The thing I have in common with him is that, I, is that I share in the same inheritance that he shares. Now, that's what communion is. And when you take that wafer and that wine, that's what you're supposed to be thinking about. And you're supposed to be wrapping yourself around that. And that's what Paul is saying here is he says, I want to know, I want to experience this resurrected life. But here's the deal. You can't have fellowship with him in the resurrection if you don't have fellowship with him in his suffering, in other words, you got to connect to the fact that I am dead, I'm dead to sin, I'm dead to the world, I'm dead to temptation, I'm dead to sickness and disease. you know, just this morning I got up and man, I was dealing with some pain in my body, and while I was taking my shower this morning, I was worshiping and praying in other tongues and and worshiping God in the shower, and I began to acknowledge you know, Lord Jesus, I thank you this thing this I think you this pain has no power over me because I have fellowship with your suffering. You bore all my infirmity and sickness and pain. I do not have to care. That's the thing that we have in common is we, is we were one in that cross. And I think that when you raised from the dead, you obtained for me everything I need for health and energy and godliness. I think that we share that. That's a, and, and I fellowship with him around this shared life. Now, Paul knew Jesus. Paul had great experiences. But Paul knew that resurrection life was limitless. Let me say that again. Resurrection life is there's no end to this. We will spend all of eternity experiencing a never-ending quality of life that gets better and greater in every aspect and every dimension. And here in this life, we can daily experience greater capacity, greater depths of resurrection life. It's not about getting more spiritual. It's not about God loving me more. It's not about going up this ladder of God's approval and God's acceptance. No, it's, a, it's just about whether or not I wrap myself around God. All of that has to happen in my heart. And you say, well, what's this got to do with renewing your mind? You see, we have to renew our mind. The Bible says, it says, it says don't be conformed to this world. It says, but renew your mind. See, I've got to renew my mind. I've got to i have got to have my thinking, my, and this is where it's talking about it, your intellectual mind. I've got to get my intellectual mind. I've got to get all of my facts from the Bible. See, this may be written on my heart, but I've got news for you. Most of us are not intuitive enough. Most of us don't know how to listen to our heart enough just to always get it right. That's why we've got the Word of God. Word of God didn't go away just because grace came. Word of God didn't go away just because it's all written on your heart. You know, all of this is still real. So I read the Word of God so that I'll know what walking in love is. i read the Word of God so I know what righteousness looks like. I read the Word of God so I know uh, what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection. That is the information part of renewing my mind. Now, let me just toss this out here and and uh, boy, this is uh, I, I talked about this in our World Changer letter. And by the way, if you become a part of our World Changer family, every month you'll get a special message from me that, that is almost never a part of a series. It's just what I feel like sharing with our World Changers that particular month. But you see, the heart of, our, of my ministry is really the Lordship of Jesus. It's not the heart. It's not grace. It's not faith righteousness. I talk about all of those things because all of those things are the key factors that bring us into this relationship with God. You see, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, have it to its fullest. But then he says, and this is life that you might know, that you might fully experience God. Well, see, all all of that happens when I believe in my heart, not just my mind, believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess him as Lord. See, salvation does not come to those who have not have not confessed. I'm not saying it's a formal confession. I'm not saying, you know, you know, when I got saved, I didn't even know the, what the word Lord meant. You know, my prayer was like, look, i give you my life. I'm, I'm done with my life. I, you know, if you want my life, you can have me. I, I want to live for you. And so if you'll take me, my life is yours. Well, you know, that's what lordship is. Lordship is where you surrender your life to him. Now, surrendering your life to him is not just a mere external thing that just, okay, I'm going to obey everything. I'm going to, I'm going to obey all the rules. I want to tell you something. If I'm going to connect with God internally, if I'm going to connect with the kingdom of God, which is internal, then I've got to, I've got to renew my mind, not just because it's the right thing to do. I got to renew my mind because I trust God. I got to start seeing things God's way. I got, got to look at his opinion And be willing to surrender my opinion. And see, that's what death to self really is. Death to self is dying to every aspect of who you are, every aspect of what you think outside of who you are in Jesus today. And who you are in Jesus today is who he is sitting on the right hand of God. You know, somebody said one time, He said, yeah, boy, it must have just been great. You know, would have been great to be one of your kids and be raised in your family and to hear this all of your life. I'm like, no, you probably wouldn't like it that much. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, well, you know, it wasn't that long ago, one of my girls called me and she started telling me something somebody had done to her, and she was yang-yang gonna do this, and she was yang-yang gonna say this, and she was yang yang gonna let them know this, and yang, 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 yang. And I said, Really? I said, "Uh," I said, Well, let me ask you, can you see Jesus sitting at the right hand of God? feeling this way and doing all that? Because if you're in him, then there's really not any place for this in your life. Well, you know, there was a long silence and then there was, I gotta go. Well, as parents, you know, we all go through that. But see, that's the thing. If I'm in him, there's no place for, not just wrong behavior, there's no place for wrong attitudes. There's no place for getting even with people. There's no place for wanting to win every argument. There's no place for wanting to be first in line. There's no place for for, for a, a big old ego, not unless you can see that in Jesus. You see, we struggle with surrendering our opinion to the Word of God. This is why most people don't renew their minds, and this is why they ultimately do not make this heart journey. We struggle with surrendering our opinions to Jesus because back in the very beginning, we never really made a full commitment to Jesus as Lord. You see, this is counting the cost. Counting the cost says now, am I really ready? In the case of salvation, am I really ready to surrender all my opinions? Am I really ready to surrender how I see things, how I do things? Am I really ready to surrender my sense of identity? Am I ready to surrender my culture? You know, am I ready to surrender my political affiliations? Boy, there's one. Well, we would not struggle with anything we find in the Bible if, in the beginning, our decision had been Jesus, because of everything that you've done for me, I'm choosing in advance to surrender to you as Lord, which means I'm, it, when I come up on something in the Bible that disagrees with how I see it, then I'm going to surrender my opinion to you. When I'm doing something in a way that is in conflict with how you say to do it, I'm surrendering that. Now, see, some people think that that's legalism. That's, well, let me, let me just say this. A person that says that has absolutely no idea of what legalism is. Legalism is not when you obey God. Legalism is when you think that obeying God earns you something from God. Legalism is not not when you see value for the law. Legalism is when you think the law makes you righteous. You see, I want to renew my mind. I want to change the way I think about everything. But most specifically, I've got to change my mind and renew my mind so that I intellectually know what Jesus did from the cross to the throne. You know, one of the most powerful series I have ever done was called Three Days that Changed the World from the Cross to the Throne. It's amazing how much teaching that we hear about what Jesus did in his life. Now, when Jesus came as a man, he he showed us what God would do if he was here in the flesh. When Jesus came as a man, he showed us what a man could do if he yielded to the grace of God working in him because he had emptied himself. He didn't do anything as God. He did everything limited to how a man would have to do it. So Jesus being here, he showed us God. He showed us a man. But you see, who I am today even though I have the model of Jesus' life to look at and go, okay, yeah, I, I see that. You know, that's what, I sh- that's what I should look like. That's what my life should look like. Even that is only a type of it because the truth is we are not as he was when he walked the earth per se. We are as he is seated at the right hand of God, which is, there's no disharmony between who he is other than the fact that at the right hand of God, The covenant is finished. His part is finished. I had a guy contact me one time and said, I get sick of hearing you guys say the finished work. If it's finished work, why have I got to believe? Why have I got to have faith? Why have I got to do anything? Well, here's the deal His part is finished. See, when he was walking planet Earth, his part wasn't finished. When he was raised from the dead, when he purged the heavenly holy of holies, when he cast Satan out, when he poured out the Holy Spirit, when he obtained the promise, his part was finished. That means we're not waiting on him for anything. Now, if I renew my mind, I will discover the good, the perfect will of God. I'll discover, or let me put this way, my thinking then will come in line with what's really in my spirit, man, in that part of my heart, the spirit, and my conscience will become single. And that's how you want your See, the word conscience has to do with two sources of knowledge. You got the knowledge that's that, that's in your spirit, man. That God poured into you and wrote into you. You got the knowledge that you're bringing in out here. If the knowledge you bring in through your five senses is not in harmony with the knowledge of God, then you will have a defiled or a corrupt conscience. Now, this is really key. The Apostle John. He was talking to these believers that man, they were getting in trouble because they were getting into Gnosticism. And Gnosticism was all about intellectualism. It was all about uh, you know, it was all about secret formulas and, and special anointings and all that kind of stuff. What they were doing, they were departing from a life that was rooted in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And John said, You've got to get back in the light. If you'll get back in the light as he is in the light, he says, then you'll have fellowship. In other words, your life when you get in the light, your life is going to be wrapped around the finished work of Jesus. And he said, in the blood of Jesus, is going to cleanse you from sin. A lot of people say, well, what am I? I am cleansed from sin. Now, he's talking about the particular sin that's affecting you right now, the particular sin that's causing you to see yourself less than you really are. Renew your mind based on the finished work of Jesus. And you'll find yourself in the light. You'll find your life wrapped around Jesus. You'll find your heart at peace and whole and well. And you will find yourself enjoying limitless living. Listen, no matter whether you get the series, no matter whether you ever do heart physics, do these exercises, read these Bible verses, connect with God in your own heart. Learn how to wrap your life around him. Be sure and stay tuned for our mentoring moment. I've got something real special I want to share with you. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this series on moving your invisible boundaries. This may be one of the most important series you ever listened to in your life. If you put these things into practice, remember God is a heart, God, everything he does, he does in and through our heart. When he wants to lead us, he speaks to our heart when he wants to protect us. He speaks to our heart when he wants to empower us, he does it through our heart. So this. Series and all the tools that come with it are designed not just to give you a bunch of sermons and information, but to take you step by step to learning to establish your heart in God's truth so you'll recognize His voice, so you will trust His voice when you're in time of need. Now, look, if you're interested in going deeper in God while developing your faith and developing your heart, I have created some tools to help you dive into this right now. As a matter of fact, we have put together three different bundles so that you can get whatever combination of tools and resources you want at the very best possible price that you can get And We've got my book, Moving Your Invisible Boundaries, which is an incredible book. It is the book that you wanna to go to to understand all the biblical principles of the heart and how they work. Number two, we got the audio series, Moving Your Invisible Boundaries, which is not the same as the book. It's not the same as the video, just to take you deeper and deeper in these things. And we've got my brand new, just released book, Establishing Your Heart, no more boundaries. Now, these are tools that you can utilize, and I'm telling you, you can begin to put these things into practice tonight. Your life will be better by tomorrow. And plus, every time you invest in yourself by making any of these purchases, you invest in the kingdom of God, because we use these resources to reach to the ends of the earth, to raise up one billion disciples to the Lordship of Jesus. Be sure and click on the link, check out moving visible boundaries, establishing your heart, and use these tools and change your world. Listen, I want you to first and foremost, if you're unsure, I'm not saying you're not born again, but if you're unsure about whether or not you've really made the decision to make Jesus Lord, right now is the time to take that step. This is where you just say, Jesus, if you, if you really paid this price for me, if you really did all this for me, if you really won all these battles for me, then I can undoubtedly trust you with every aspect of my life. So starting today, I am making up my mind, no matter what I find in the Bible, I'm going to choose to believe it. You'll have to help me. You'll have to lead me through it. you have to show me what it means in real life. But from this day forward, you're my Lord. What you say is how it's going to be. How you see it is how I want to see it. And when that's your attitude, everything changes. We've already talked to you in one of our mentoring moments about having a, a time where you spend time communing with God, where you spend time reflecting on what you have in Jesus, where you, where you use your imagination, use everything that you have to be able to, to experience uh, the Word of God being real in your life. But the next thing I want you to do is this. Start a devotional life where you're actually reading the Bible. Now, if you've never read the Bible through, or if you're not clear on the Bible, start in the New Testament. Don't start in the Old Testament. You'll get really confused. As a matter of fact, you very probably want to want to contact us. We have a great program for helping people become disciples. It takes you from square one all the way through a whole year of developing your life and walking with God. So all you got to do is just go to our website and we'll We'll show you how to make this journey, but in the meantime, as you read the Bible, read the Bible. Remember, everything is supposed to be done with with contemplation, with meditation, with reflection. When you read the Bible, you want to renew your mind. You don't just you're not just trying to cram for a test, get all the right information. You want to read the Bible, and as you read, you you always want to think about what does this really mean in real life? What would I look like if this was true? If this was if this was me and Jesus having this conversation? What would be my response to him? In other words, you want to do everything you can to make everything that Jesus is doing and saying in the Bible something that comes alive to you and to your life experience. And when you do that, you'll discover the Holy Spirit as your teacher because he will start teaching you what things mean. Not what they mean theologically, but what they mean to you where you are in your life right now. And be sure and write down everything that God shows you and meditate on it and contemplate it because this is how you renew your mind. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com or drjimrichards.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website from previous broadcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.